Um, so I remember like getting back into running and it felt like, you know, when you, when you're out of shape or have an injury or whatever, and you get back and you, you start, you know, you're not there yet, but you appreciate the process. This one's radio episode 892 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you in part by my friends over at Features, who I have a little affiliate relationship with, meaning that uh, if you use my link to get yourself some great socks, I get a couple shekels. I get a couple of cents roll into the roll into the old piggy bank as a result at no additional cost for you. So the link is real easy. It's disruns.com, as you might suspect. And then the uh, slash disruns.com slash features. Make sure you spell it right because we're talking about feet, socks, you know, play on words, clever, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S, disruns.com slash features. Autocorrect's going to try to autocorrect you. Don't let it win. Don't let it get you. Maybe just use the link in the uh, in the show notes today. That That's an easy way to do it. It's even in the, should be on your mobile device. If you're listening on the go, you can just scroll over to where all the, you know, the episode info is. Scroll down just past a couple sentences and uh, right there, have the link. Uh, but get yourself some socks, whether you like them, you know, knee highs, mid shin, uh, calf, ankle, sub ankle, uh, compression, no compression, uh, thick or thin, somewhere in the middle. Features has got your your feet taken care of. Uh, definitely my go-to socks these days. And uh, not just because I can buy some from them and then put a couple extra cents in my bank account at the same time, but because I actually really like them. They're comfortable. They're good. They don't have any toe socks, which might be where they're lacking a little bit. But uh, I like them for whatever, for whatever it's worth. If you want to check them out or if you like them and you want to get yourself some more, disruns.com slash features. Again, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, guys. Uh, today's guest is someone that uh, enjoys a good run about as much as uh, he enjoys a good beer, which I'm sure that at least a few of you uh, might say that you can relate to that sentiment as well. Uh, for about 10 years, he was uh, a regular columnist for Draft Magazine, and he, the column he wrote was titled The Beer Runner. Uh, again, something that at least a few of us might be able to be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good gig. And uh, during that time, he also had a, a dual streak going uh, for about three years where he was uh, daily running and daily beer drinking. Again, something that probably a few of us are like, yeah, that's that's a way to streak right there. So anyway, no doubt plenty of topics to get into today. So let's get the uh, party started by officially welcome, welcoming Mr. Tim Sigelski to the show. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Tim, and, and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking. Certainly, certainly. And guys, if you enjoyed enjoy today's conversation, kind of want to follow along with Tim and the next chapters that, that he's got going on, running and, and otherwise, uh, Instagram and Twitter, same handle both places, which always makes it easy when it's the same handle both places. Uh, it's, and it makes sense with, uh, if you remember the title of the, uh, the, the column that he wrote, it's just at The Beer Runner. All one word, at The Beer Runner uh, on Instagram, on Twitter. You can follow Tim both of those places. Uh, he also writes on, on Medium semi-regularly, which I'm sure is something we'll get into as well. So he's got some links to some of his articles 
articles there as well. We'll probably also link those up in the show notes, uh, which you can get to today at disruns.com slash 992. Disruns.com slash 992 for the show notes, all the links, all the things as per usual. So, Tim, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a relatively simple question, at least as far as the asking of the question goes. Sometimes it's an easy one to answer. Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult, but uh, it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Yeah, I love the, love the first question um, and love hearing people's answers to that. And I think, you know, like a lot of people can relate to it, it evolves over time mm-hmm. uh, and what's going on in your life and how much time you have and what, what um, you have access to. Um, so for the past, you know, almost 10 years, I've really been obsessed with the marathon um, and seeing what I'm capable of there and how long I can keep PRing and how, you know, and, and also just the rhythms of the seasonal marathon training. Um, it kind of matches the rhythms of life. Um, it it challenges you. It humbles you. It's been a great distance um, to 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 chase. Um, and I just actually wrote a piece uh, on Medium, as you mentioned, um, not too long ago, called "Letting Go of the Marathon," uh, where I talked about you know um, it's been a weird couple of years uh, for any races, mm-hmm. but you know especially marathon training when you devote so much time to it, and then there are no races or there are virtual races. Um, so for last year, for the first time in nine years, I did not run a marathon. I ran in January, but I didn't run a fall marathon like I normally did. Um, I did run, you know, just kind of a, a race on my own, Mm -hmm. uh, of 26 miles with, with my kids and with a friend of mine. Um, you know, not quite the same as the race experience. Uh, but this year I'm like, I'm going to get back into it. I'm going to run the marathon see what I can do. Um, it, it it falls on my 40th birthday weekend. It's Mm -hmm. the 40th anniversary of Lakefront marathon, which is my hometown race. I'm like, I just, you know, it feels right. I feel, it feels like I got to do it. And, um, you know, injuries and actually coming off of our whole family having COVID, um, just wasn't there physically, mentally. And I, I realized that on a 16 mile run, is it wasn't like a disastrous run. It was just a run where I realized I just don't have it in me right now um, for the fall. Uh, so I finished the whole 16 mile run and it felt, you know, decent, but not like, you know, it was more of a mental um, realization of where I was at um, and, and said like, you know, this is probably not the season where I'm like going to be chasing 26 miles. And if I do, uh, it's not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be punishing uh, mentally and physically. Um, and now is the time to let that go. Um, not that I can't come back to it in the future if I want to. Um, but then just get in touch with, um, you know, what, what do I love about running again? What do I love about racing? Um, and the thing I, I, I remembered, the thing that has taught me is, um, you know, racing is so much more than just your PR and wh- how, how far you can push yourself. And, you know, a 14-week training cycle, it's, it's a social thing. It's a, it's a fun thing. It's like starting going to the start line with people, you know, and people you don't know, but, um, you have so much in common with the strangers you see there. Um, so I would say like right now, my favorite distance is the 5k (laughs) and, uh, the weekend that I normally would do the marathon. Um, I did a 5k with friends. Um, the, the, the marathon has a 5k distance Mm -hmm. and 5k option and I, I finished it and I had a beer and I was like, that took me, you know, 18 or so minutes and it didn't take me three hours and I wasn't throwing up afterwards and I didn't, I was able to get off the couch and do yard work <laughs> the rest of the day. <laughs> and I was like, you know, like, and, and, and it made me remember, um, some really fun experiences I had, uh, doing, uh, summer beer garden 5ks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right now, um, so I, I think the answer to your question changes, that was a very, 
Um, probably more than you bargain for a philosophical <laughs> answer to that. But, um, but you know, it, it depends on where you are, uh, at that point in your life. And right now, um, I'm excited for more five K's. Yeah. I, I think, I think that, um, I, I think that it's, it's easy to lose sight of for a lot of folks that, um, you can take a step back or you can change, you can change quote unquote, change your answer. I think that it's yeah. easy to think that like, all right, you know, at some point, like I tick, I ticked the box for the five K and moved on to the 10 K. And then I eventually maybe, maybe moved on to the half marathon and then maybe moved on to the marathon and maybe moved into ultra territory. Um, yep. and like, and, and so many people are always chasing the next biggest thing, which is totally fine. But if slash when life changes a little bit or, or whatever, the, the desire to always go farther changes, there's nothing wrong with, with backtracking. And then, like you said, if slash when you ever want to, you know, commit to running a marathon again and the training for it and pushing yourself for, for three hours instead of, uh, you know, sub 20 minutes, like there'll be races, there'll be marathons, hopefully, you know, God willing. Um, and, yeah. and you can dip your toes back in the water. No harm, no foul. Yeah. I saw a tweet, um, a couple of weeks before, uh, what would have been, you know, the marathon, um, where someone was training for a marathon and tapering and did, I think like a 10 K maybe a half marathon, something like that. Um, you know, and her build up and her taper and she, her tweet was, um, you know, what's underrated any race. That's not a marathon. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, you know, you get so caught up in like one, one distance and, and maybe it's a marathon because of just the mystique of it. Uh, but it also might be a, an ultra, it might be a PR in a 5k. It might be, you know, whatever you're chasing. Um, and then you just kind of realize, oh yeah, there's more to a race than just, um, that goal that's in your mind and that you feel like you have to, you have to achieve or, or all is lost. Yeah. And, and sometimes just a little, you know, a little variety is the spice of life. Like if, if, exactly. if you've been chasing whatever for, for years, and that's basically been the only races you've been running and training for, um, you know, heaven forbid, you might be human enough to get a little bit burnt out and then decide, you know yeah. what, like something different that just takes the pressure off that there's different expectations that there's different commitments to training or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with, with letting go once in a while. Yep. For sure. So how'd you get uh, started in the sport, Tim? You've been, been, uh, it sounds like running for, for a while, but has it always been part of your life or, or how'd you kind of get, get your foot in the door on, on the running side of things? Yeah. I mean, um, I kind of fell into it by accident. I had a gym teacher in seventh grade who, um, every, every gym class we were in a half mile to start with before we started our sort of activities. And it was a combined seventh and eighth grade class and it was very competitive. Uh, um, it was just boys, um, and we were all very competitive with each other. And I did that, you know, um, twice a week in gym class and also played a lot of pickup basketball. I was a big fan of basketball. It was my sport, um, before I got into running and, uh, and just realized that training, um, like I accidentally discovered training <laughs> that if you do something consistently, you get better at it. Um, and there was one class where I was, you know, sort of mid pack for a long time. And then one, one class where I, I, I beat everyone in the class, including the eighth graders and the hot shots and that sort of thing. And I thought it was just like some kind of weird you know, bolt of, of lightning that would never happen again. And then it didn't, I kept, I kept getting better. I kept improving. Um, and I, and again, sort of realized, you know, um, if you train at something sports specific, just like basketball, but now running, you get better at it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I signed, went off for cross country eighth grade. Um, I won a couple races, um, surprised myself, saw that I had, um, you know, some, some talent at it and, and the work ethic to, to get better. Um, and then, you know, uh, went on, it became my, my sport in high school, um, did cross country and track, uh, got a, 
got a running tattoo when I turned 18. It really, you know, identified with it. And then over the years, as like any other sort of, um, you know, pursuit of waxes and wanes, um, you know, I, 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 I stopped running for a while. I didn't have a watch and, you know, keep track of mileage. Um, and then more, you know, towards the end of my twenties and into my thirties, as we, as you mentioned, um, I wrote this, uh, this beer column for draft magazine and my editor just asked me like, what do I want to focus on? Um, like what, what do you want to be your thing? And I, I told her like beer and running. Um, and at the time there wasn't a whole lot of people acknowledging that community. And now I think it's huge. And, and, you know, Michelob ultra actively market to the beer <laughs> and, and running, you know, active community. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time I was like, I think I can reach, um, reach this audience. And, and then that just kind of became the next chapter in my running. Um, so from seventh grade to, to kind of, um, in a long winded way, answer your question, you know, from seventh grade gym class to beer and running in my twenties and into my thirties. Um, and then, you know, now, um, I've, I've been running for a decade where I'm at a pretty high level, um, where I still continue to run. Um, right now I'm, dealing with some injuries, but, uh, with, um, with things like yoga, strength training, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Peloton biking, um, biking for fun, biking with my kids, running with my kids. Um, and just see the variety is the spice of life thing, as you mentioned, um, and taking that passion of mine for running and, and fitting it in with these other things that you, you have in life. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, I can't let this one go real quick. If, if, and we don't have to spend much time on it if you don't want to, but, uh, my, my background is in athletic training, sports, sports medicine. So injuries are kind of my, uh, my, my bread and butter, if you will. So, yeah. uh, can, can I ask what kind of injuries you're dealing with? You absolutely can. <laughs> I'd love your advice. So, um, the main thing is, uh, is, um, plantar fasciitis. Mm-hmm. Um, I started noticing that in the summer when I, you know, was marathon training and nagging didn't go away. Um, you know, and certainly got worse during my long runs. Um, and I'd wake up in the morning and like walk like I'm 80. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gone to PT for it. Um, not a lot, but I went to, to one PT and then got exercises and, you know, um, uh, stretches and that sort of right. thing, which I should do more consistently. Um, I, last time I got plantar fasciitis was probably 10 years ago. Um, so, um, it's, uh, it's something that I, I you know, I, I, I should know better <laughs> to what I'm doing. And like a lot, you know, um, like a lot of runners, uh, you, you, you should do your strength training, you should do your stretching you should do, um, you know, massage, all those sort of things. Um, so certainly try to do more of those, but I'd love, love your advice or, or what you, what you think I should be doing right now to, to heal faster. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those plantar fascia, plantar fasciitis is, is one of those things where, um, I feel like everybody's got their remedy. Everybody's got their secret secret weapon. Like do this, and it'll be it'll be gone tomorrow. Um, but they don't always work. They're not they're not universally working across yeah. the board. And 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 like what you said, you know, every everybody knows. I, hopefully everybody knows. Hopefully everybody that's listening knows because I Lord knows I rant on about it enough about doing the little things and doing the stretching and the strength strengthening and all those types of things. Yet I'm also not hesitant to uh, raise my hand and say I I don't do as well on those fronts as I know that I should as well. But I, I think that, that for, for plantar fasciitis, one of the, one of the things that, that I used to overlook, but I think it's the more I, I learn about it and the more I, I kind of have dealt with it or helped other people try to deal with it is that man, stretching, stretching the calves is, is mm-hmm. one of the best things you can do. And, and, um, Good to know. and not just like a short, like, you know, a couple, couple times of doing 20, 30 seconds, but like, standing on, on the edge of a stair with the ball of your foot on the stair stair and just let your heel kind of drop low. Um, and like be there mm. for a couple of minutes and just, and just mm. like, it's not fun, but you know, if you yeah. screw around with something, put, put, you know, 
put some game on your phone and, and just, you know, stand there for a couple minutes on, on each leg. Um, but do that a couple few times a day and, uh, not, not making any promises, but that's, that's one of the things yeah. that I found has really been helpful. And not that I'm super flexible and not that I do that again, as much as I probably should when touch wood, everything's going all right. And my body feels good. Um, yeah. but anytime I feel that little niggle in the bottom of my foot, start to, you know, start to be there, oh, get back on the stairs, stretch those calves. Mm. And, and usually within a couple of days, things start to, you know, you catch it early. You can, you might be able to turn it around pretty quick. If it's been lingering for a while, sometimes it takes a little longer, but hopefully that'll help you. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. I'm going to do that while we talk. There you go. There we go. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, you know, you kind of mentioned it a couple of times, or I mentioned it in the intro and you mentioned it just now, but, but kind of combining the, the running, the beer drinking thing with, with the draft magazine, um, we're, we're, I'm assuming, and, and obviously correct me, correct me where I'm wrong. Um, but you know, is writing, writing something that, I mean, you write on medium, you you write for the magazine, yep. like, 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 is that, is that professional? Like, I mean, if you write for the magazine, I'm assuming there's something professional there, but, but where does, where does writing fit, fit into your story? Yeah. So, um, I, my background's in journalism. Um, so my degrees in journalism and I spent, uh, my, my first part of my career purely in journalism, writing, um, for newspapers, writing for magazines. Um, and that's actually the, the jumping off point I got for draft. I was a freelancer there for, for, you know, 10 plus years. Um, happened to be the managing editor was in town and saw a, some work of mine for a magazine I wrote for, uh, actually called the article is about the best bathrooms in Milwaukee. It was a quirky <laughs> article. It was actually my magnum opus. I've been working on it for like a year. It was a very, very important article for me. I was like, people really got to do a know. lot of research for an article <laughs> like that too. So, you know, it takes a little while. Find creative bathrooms, right. find, you know, the most environmentally friendly, all those sort of things. So anyway, she saw that and was like, can you write an article about Milwaukee? And uh, as a beer town, like what to do when people visit there, what bars to go to, well, where to find beer, and then what else to do. And I was like, absolutely. Um, so I, um, it, it, that was my f- kind of first foray. And then I ended up doing um, you know, feature articles for them. I wrote about um, – uh, I interviewed Jim Cook from Sam Adams. Um, I went to the Dogfish Head Dash, uh, the 5K and 10K at uh, Dogfish Head Brewery in, in Delaware, um, and you know, I, I wrote kind of general articles about beer. Um, but the thing is, you know, uh, I, I found like if you have a niche and you occupy a, a niche, um, that's where you find the biggest audiences mm-hmm. when you define yourself. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, um, not the fastest runner and I'm not, I don't know the most about beer, but I combined those two at a time when people hadn't really made those connections, um, widely. And then, so I just made that my niche. And as you, you know, said at the top of the show, like my, my handle being the beer runner, that's when I really, when it took off, when I mm-hmm. defined it as, um, the beer runner, <laughs> I realized like when I was, you know, tweeting things under my own name, um, which I do, you know, um, for my own stuff. Um, but, um, it wasn't drawing the connections as mm. this persona, the beer runner. So, um, you know, wrote a lot of articles, um, the, the column, the blog, uh, did the beer street kind of as a gimmick that lasted, I was going to do it for a year and it lasted three years. Um, and then, um, you know, continue to write, I write for runner's life on medium. Um, and you know, not on a regular cadence, but just because, you know, sometimes you have things to say, right. sometimes you want to talk to other runners and sometimes you want to be part of that community and, if you have something to contribute, you, you want to do it. Um, so yeah, my background, um, with, with writing and journalism and I, 
um, just to kind of to paint the bigger picture, mm-hmm. I spent 13 years in marketing after journalism. Okay. Um, and as I said when we were talking before the show, yesterday was my last day on the job. <laughs> so I, um, I'm going to, through another big change, like a lot of people right now who are looking, um, you know, kind of reevaluating their career and what they want to do. So I'm actually returning to the beer world. Um, I will be uh, um, working as a director of communications at Sprecher Brewing, um, which happens to be five minutes from my house. Mm. Um, also the sponsor of the beer garden 5k that I've really enjoyed over the years. Um, and then also just like I've, I've known, um, the family that started it. Um, it's, I think a phenomenal brewery that does more than even just beer. They're, mm-hmm. they're known for their root beer, their craft root beer. So getting back into, um, you know, uh, in, in that, I, I, I want to get back into writing, telling people stories, telling the story of the brewery, uh, all of their associations. So bringing that, you know, kind of skill back that I started with in journalism and now bring it back to one of my passions, uh, in, in beer. It's awesome. That's awesome. It's, it's one of those, uh, at least I'm imagining it, how it sounds is similar to me, not with the writing side of things, but just, you know, you start off on one path and you think this is, this is exactly what you're going to want to do. And then, you know, life has a way of happening and all of a sudden, you know, twists and turns and this and that and the other, but then you kind of find yourself back in something similar. That's, that's, yep. that's, that's work, but it's also not work because it's something you really enjoy. So like, it's, it's a nice place yeah. to be. Yeah. There's a lot of f- full circle moments in this, it feels like, mm-hmm. and you know, those f- full circle moments are, aren't always what you imagine they would be, but then, um, but they bring those connections from your past. As you mentioned that you're like, Oh, this makes a lot of sense right. once you look at it in retrospect, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So let's, let's talk about the, the streak a little bit. Like you said, kind of started out as, as a gimmick and then kind of stuck around for a little bit longer than planned. Um, what was, what was the, uh, the, the seed that blossomed into to the, uh, to the daily running and, and beer drinking streak? Like, was it, was it just, a, I, and I, again, I, this is me just spitballing. Was it, was it an article idea? Was it, was it a social media stunt? Like, like where did it, where, where did the idea come from? Yeah, it, um, kind of all the above <laughs> in some ways. Um, so I was 20, turning 29 or yes, turning, turning 29. And I just asked on my social media and at that time, you know, Facebook and Twitter was still pretty new and those were growing a lot as I kind of got that persona out there. I was gaining fans and followers. Um, you know, and I, again, I don't even really feel it as me as, as this persona. Mm-hmm. And I asked like, what should I do for the last year of my twenties? And someone and at the time, you know, streaks were, and not that they're not popular now, but they were kind of gaining the imagine, like capturing the imagination of the running community and wider community. So someone said, why don't you do beer and running every day? And, uh, and I'm like, sounds reasonable enough. <laughs> so I did. And the hardest, you know, is like the first, I, you know, I know you've had streakers on your, your show before and they've kind of said similar things is, um, you know, the hardest is first getting that routine and in, in the first like 30 days or first 60 days, but then it just becomes kind of second nature. And you just, you just wake up in the morning, think about like, okay, where, where, do I, where does my run fit in? How do I get this in for my day? And it becomes, um, as natural as like, eating lunch and brushing your teeth. And, um, you know, there's certainly some challenges sometimes, obviously if you're sick or bad weather or, um, you know, just like you're, you're busy during the day or something. Um, but it, it's kind of nice because you don't have to think about it as much as you, you, as much as you would think, you know, like you, you think that would be logistically pretty hard. And there are some of those days, but just knowing you're going to get a run in because that's what you do, um, makes it almost easier. Um, you know, as if you have like a, um, okay, my off days are these days and my fartlek is this day and my, my long run is this day. Um, I wasn't doing that. I was just being like, okay, got to run, you know, and maybe that's a mile, maybe that's six miles. 
um, but I just know I have to run. That kind of simplified um, how I viewed it, and so it made it it made it um, made it really fun. Until you know you reach a point where you're like, I've been doing this a long time. I need a rest day, <laughs> and that's kind of what it came down to. Um, when our second uh, child was born or about to be born, I'm like, this seems like a good stopping point because I'm going to be exhausted. Um, and so, uh, about two weeks before he was born, I, I ended the run streak on the three year anniversary. It seemed like seemed like good timing looking at his due date, um, the anniversary of my run streak, and how long I've been doing it. And I'm like, time to put it to a rest. So. Did that for three years, and then I, I revived it um, a couple of years later to see if I could still do it, and I didn't quite make a full year. And I was like, "Yeah, I like my rest days. <laughs> it's probably good to have, good to have some uh, some balance." Yeah, it's that's um, you know, as 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 I've said every time I talk to somebody who's got a got a streak going or has had a streak going, it's like, like I, I guess I can do. I mean, I've I've done it more recently. I did it earlier this 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 summer, I think in in May, which I guess for some people might have been still been spring, but down here in Florida, that's definitely full on summer at that point but i ran every day in may and it was fine but i guess maybe my head just wasn't quite in it because i was definitely looking forward to june getting here i can say i did it having my off days back on the on the calendar again but in that in that three-year window like you said sometimes it's it's pretty easy it's just part of the routine but sometimes it gets a little bit dicey was was what was the the closest or was there any real close calls as far as you know scrambling last minute trying to get a, a run in before the, the clock rolls over to midnight or anything like that Yes, the the well, there was some travel. So I remember, like, um, I went to to New Jersey one time and um, ended up doing that treadmill run at eleven, 11 you know, the eight night to twelve ten the next day to get two days in a row because yeah. I knew I'd be really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the hardest was when I our whole family had the norovirus, um, you know, like a pretty bad version of the flu, mm-hmm. and we were all just like couldn't keep anything down, just vomiting and. I was, you know, dizzy and um, could, couldn't even get out of bed to like go to the bathroom or throw up. And, uh, and I'm like, man, I have to drink a beer and run a mile. <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, I'm an idiot. And um, but I did. And it was at probably around like I don't know eight or nine. Like I'd psyched myself up like the whole day. I mean, I let myself, you know, rest. But then I'm like, all right, when am I going to do this? And my wife, you know, was very supportive, even though I was so dumb. Um, <laughs> but uh, I. Um, yeah, I, I and I had a I think a stout or a porter or something too because I'm like not only do I have to go run a mile I have to drink a beer, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was also winter you know because that's when like those things hit so it was outside it was icy it was snowy and I ran like a 13 minute mile, um, just got it done and then went back and sipped a a, a stout and um, and then you know next day felt better it didn't feel great but I was like okay well now I can I can make it through I made it through this rough patch and that was in the first year. Um, and then nothing like that was quite so hard, um, for the next couple of years. It, it became usually just part of like my work day. Like I would go out at lunch right. and do it and it was fine. Um, yeah, it's, it's everybody's, I feel like everybody who's, who's streaked for very long has at least one or two of those stories. And, and, uh, yep. that's, that's one where I feel like, like I, easy for me to say. And, and if I was doing it, I probably would have been dumb and, and made sure to try to get out there and make it happen as well. But it's like, dang gum, like. You, you're that sick and now we're going to go, yeah. you know, you're going to force a run for this, for this streak. That's, that's, you know, it's a thing, but it's not really like the world doesn't end because you right. took a sick day on your streak, but you know, yeah, you easy, easy for me to say when it's not me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. What about, what about the beer drinking streak? Like, like, was it, uh, um, you know, mixing up all kinds of different, different types of beers all the time, or did you have a kind of a, a, a pretty, you know, go to or, or, you know, cause Lord knows, like you said, like the beer drinkers and the runners among us, like that's something that, uh, the, the inquiring minds are going to have to want to know. 
Yeah, I mean, that was also the time, again, you know, because social media was really blowing up and um, reaching new audiences that way. But so was Untapped, the uh, the beer app. So the big thing is like getting badges and trying new beers and trying new locations and styles and breweries. Um, and certainly that was a really exciting um, to use Untapped to add things to your wish list and um, try different beers and um, try exotic beers and go to breweries. Um, so I, I certainly explored a lot. And uh, in working for Draft, I sometimes, you know, not 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 always, not often, but would get shipments of beer, um, you know, from either from breweries or from Draft itself um, for me to sample. So that certainly helped to get beer on your doorstep. Um, and uh, so I, I tried a, a variety of styles, um, but certainly like a lot of people of that era really gravitated toward IPAs. Um, and still do, you know, I still like, now I like lower ABV beers. Um, it's funny. My, my wife just got, it was our, it was also our anniversary this week. And so she picked up a couple of, of, um, high ABV beers for celebration. I'm like, I appreciate that, but man, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if 9% is great for me, um, right now, but, um, uh, the dogfish had 90 minute was delicious. So I can't complain. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, learned that I really have a taste for IPAs and, you know, other people moved on to things like sours and saisons and that sort of thing. Um, and I, I have, I've liked, liked the variety. Um, but, but still, I don't think you can, you can beat an IPA, um, after, after a, a good run. Um, I love the, um, uh, a, a good Abbey triple as well. Um, the sweetness, to go like after a run when your, your taste buds just like bring that kind of flavor up. Um, but something like sort of bitter and refreshing is, um, is kind of my go-to beer after a run for sure. Gotcha. It's, you know, as, as you're, as you're rattling off just some, some of the, some of the highlights, I'm sure. Um, it just made me, made me kind of think, you know, just like running, there's, there's no shortage of options and different, different flavors, if you will, as far as races and experiences and distances and things like that. I mean, I guess yeah, totally. maybe, maybe that's one of the, one of those parallels or one of those reasons why, um, maybe not reasons why, but, but a, a, a happy coincidence that, you know, running and beer drinking can, can go so well together is because whatever, whatever flavors you like in either, either area, um, you can find it and, and nobody, hopefully not, not too many people are too judgy about, Oh, you like this beer or, or you like this distance or whatever. Like, Hey, we're all just yeah. beer drinkers and runners and we can, we can hang out and enjoy each other's company and in either in both, uh, environments. Yeah, for sure. That is, um, is kind of what I, uh, uh, when I pitch the idea of the column is like, you know, the, the people who are into these two things, um, they're, they're, they sit, they have a similar mindset because you explore the craft beer world and there's mm -hmm. so much variety and especially, um, as it grew and scaled, there's just even more out there and same with running is like, there's not one type of running event, as you mentioned, you know, not just in distance, but there's trail running and road right. running. Um, there's so many themed runs, you know, like there's the Cupid undies run, there's the beer mile, there's, um, you know, the, uh, adventure runs, the mud runs, uh, you know, the color runs, like there's just no, um, shortage. So I think you're, you're, you're totally, you know, nailed the, the kind of fun part of both those communities and aspects as you put both together. It's just like, there's, there's just things to explore and things to, to try. So that's exactly why, you know, when I put those two together, I'm like, there's a lot to write about and a lot to talk about with yeah, this community. For sure. For sure. Uh, you mentioned the, the the beer mile, and that was sort of on my my radar of something to ask about. Have, have you uh, have you partaken in a in a in a beer mile or two in your day? I have. I think I mean I don't know my official count, but probably like eight or nine beer miles. Um, both you know, corporate informal local ones. Uh, our local running group puts one on every year. Um, at one point, I had the the record, which wasn't you know terribly impressive, um, but it's been it's been shattered <laughs> since then. <laughs> Um, 
and then I, I also covered the World Beer Mile Classic. So Draft Magazine sent me out to San Francisco um, and covered um, what I what I think is still like one of the craziest spectacles I have I have been able to go to. It was on this like deserted island off of San Francisco, and watch uh, Team Australia, Team Team USA, and Team Canada um, <laughs> compete against each other. And at the time, like the U.S. was the heavy favorite. They were super cocky, and um, they had a world record holder. And they absolutely got crushed by Team Canada, um, and it started a, it ushered in a new era of Canada Canadian dominance in the beer mile. And to this day, I'm pretty sure that Canada probably has like the top five or maybe the top ten uh, beer mile PRs. Um, and they've had a couple of just amazing athletes who keep lowering the uh, the um, the record. And uh, the guy who who kind of put it on the map, a guy named um, Lewis Kent. Um, from I think he's in well he's in Western Canada now, um, but he was a collegiate runner who did this and um, appeared on Ellen um, the mm-hmm. Ellen Show, um, wrote his own book sponsored by Brooks for a hundred thousand wow. dollars a year. Um, he, he had a, a pretty amazing run and um, I had a uh, when I had a little more time I had a short lived podcast myself and I interviewed him on it and it's out there still if you look for the Beer Runner podcast my conversation with him, um, but it it was uh, it it is. It is, again, you know, kind of that stunt that I pulled with the beer and running streak, but like with elite athletes, <laughs> it's like people who can run uh, sub 440 mile while drinking four beers. Um, and so I both partook and then covered and interviewed these these athletes. And it was it was quite a quite an amazing time to um, to witness uh, to be a witness to the beer mile uh, greatness and dominance and and the Canadian rise rise <laughs> in their era. Right. Right. Um for for those that aren't super familiar with with the beer mile, and I, I would maybe count myself as one of them, although I probably know enough to be dangerous. Can you kind of walk us through a little bit of, of what that looks like for those that might want to, you know, whether it's self organized or maybe maybe would be intrigued by the idea of how many beers can I drink while also running a mile as fast as possible? Yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty straightforward and pretty simple. Um, it, you are drinking four beers while running four laps for a mile. So you start off chugging a beer. And then you run a lap, and then you chug a beer, run a lap, and then continue. And there are penalty laps. There's, you know, some pretty strict rules for the beer mile, um, but like how much beer or suds or, or um, you know, can be in the bottom of a can or a bottle, what can be used. Um, surprisingly, for such an underground sport, there is a lot of uh, strict rules that grew up over time. And I think they're all at beermile.org. I think it's the official website that keeps track of of the records. Um, so it, uh, you know, it's um, it went from these sort of backyard end of season celebrations. So like at the end of a cross country or track season, people have put these on, you know, without their coaches mm-hmm. <laughs> and like without, you know, um, there, it was just these fun sort of let, let the steam off at the end of the year and then became like some pretty, um, some high level, you know, I think it was covered by ESPN, the wall street journal and that sort of thing. Um, but there's still, you know, I, I'd say that these days it's, it's kind of returned to its roots of, of a very much like a grassroots, mm-hmm. you know, fun back backyard sort of event. Um, but they still continue to this day have like an international beer mile competition. So it's one of those events where you, you both get, um, you know, you get the elites, but you also get like anyone who just wants to to gather some people and try it themselves. Um, assuming you can find a track that that you're not going to get, you know, right. arrested or caught or kicked off or something. Right, right. So that's the other aspect. Yeah, like like any good drinking game, you gotta have you gotta have your rules. You know, like the rules are rules are important to those those situation. What's the yeah. uh, what's the best beer to uh, to be drinking for a beer mile? So um, the you know um, there. 
there's like limits or not limits, but like there's a threshold of how, how the, how much the ABV, how much mm-hmm. ABV the beer has in order to count. So I don't, I think it's like 4% or above. It might even be higher, like 4.5 or something. So people don't like try to, you know, get away with like an easy drinking beer too much. Like they want to make it hard on you. Um, and some people like want to really up the challenge and they'll get like a, you know, a new Belgium double right, IPA yeah, or something. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and there's variations, um, like the chocolate beer, the chocolate mm-hmm. milk mile and that sort of thing, which sounds like a much worse idea. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I, I think like a pale ale is good. Um, you know, something that is, um, you know, again, you know, for me, I, I wouldn't want the extra challenge of like a double IPA. So if you have something fairly low that still meets the requirements, um, and the thing is you also want to have it, uh, chilled. So one of the mistakes that the, um, the U S team made when they first went into this is it was, there were several heats in the day. Um, so there was several races before the elites went out there and they just brought their own beer and it was kind of sitting out Room mm-hmm. you know, in San Francisco all all day, and so by the time the race came around, it was it was pretty warm. It was very sudsy and really hard to drink, and um, they just didn't really plan and strategize like Team Canada. And Team Canada brought their own beer, and it was like a Canadian brand. I, I forget exactly what it was, um, and uh, and chilled it, and they had it in a cooler. And because it was it was it was cooler, it went down smoother and easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, obviously, you want to you know pick something that's e- fairly easy drinking. But you also just want to make sure that you don't um, leave it sit out in the sun uh, for several heats before you start running because uh, then you end up getting um, getting suds all over the place. And in fact, um, the favorite in that race um, for, for Team USA, um, he was disqualified because he had so much suds in his, uh, mm-hmm. in his beer. He couldn't finish it all and he left too much liquid in the bottom and was disqualified. So it was really this. It was quite the um, the Olympic tragedy of, uh, <laughs> of, of 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 hubris and arrogance leading to a downfall. So that would be what I would I would say learn. Leave from, it to, um, the people from Team USA. Yeah, leave it leave it to our, our friends from the north, our neighbors from the north, to to remind us that uh, they know they know a few th- few more things about drinking beer. Um, yeah, maybe maybe sometime us us little upstart Americans we get a little cocky on 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 that front. Yeah, be humble and strategic. Yes, don't be arrogant. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, as we're getting getting kind of close to, to wrapping up, Tim, and, and again, this may be something you'd rather not go into too much, which is which is totally fine. But I'm going to ask since you did kind of mention it uh, when talking about you know letting go of the marathon for this year, having having a, a family case of COVID, which and you also wrote an article about that on on Medium as well that I saw. Yep. Um, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed. Like we're kind of getting to that point where. I mean, numbers are starting to go down, but who knows? I mean, pandemic and, and no right. need to get into all the non, all the politics of it and this and that and the other. But like, for for your experience, you know, your your n equals one um, as a runner. What what was what was your COVID experience like? Yeah, no, happy to talk about that because it was very you know eye opening and transformative and um and and just a you know a strange experience. Um, so it started with I mean, uh, I. I got, I, I guess, what would be a minor case of COVID um, in in last summer, and I tested positive, but very few symptoms, and so um, I thought I had antibodies. I thought I'd be okay, um, and then um, my wife came down with it, uh, and she got it pretty pretty severely. Um, at one point, she went to the ER. Um, she was okay; everything was fine. Our kids got it as well. Um, but at first, I wasn't showing any symptoms, and I thought I'd be fine because I had it previously, and I was the only one in the family that tested positive. Um, so I'm like, Oh, I got antibodies. You're like, I won't get it this time. And, um, 
I, I actually, it was a, it was around this time last year, almost exactly a year ago. And we had a very unseasonably warm October. And so I went out to take advantage as much as I could. And I ran 12 miles, um, one day. Um, and the next day I ran 12 miles again, I was feeling absolutely great and enjoying the weather. And then the next day I could, I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed and it was a like crazy how fast it came on. And, um, you know, it felt like, you know, someone was pounding my skull from the inside and my nose felt like it, it just, um, it clogged up and I couldn't breathe. And I'm like, okay, well this is it. <laughs> like it was, it was like, no, you know, you, you just knew right, right away. And at the time our, our state was having, um, some pretty, pretty awful numbers in, in, in a rise in cases. And, um, it took days for us to get our test results back. And once I got it back, you know, it was positive and everyone in the family was positive. Um, so I didn't run for, for two weeks, for two, like two or two and a half weeks. Um, didn't do any running. Um, and once I did start back into running, it was like very, um, you know, very, uh, you know, slow and like a mile or two at a time. Um, in my Strava, not that it's about this, but like you can look in my Strava, you know, um, data because it has like your, you know, your, your fitness score mm -hmm. and like my fitness score just plummeted. <laughs> like that's what happens, you know, if you're not running, um, for a while. Um, but the, the, here's the silver lining and it was, um, you know, I, again, I realized that life is more than just running and, but it also makes you appreciate how much, um, a privilege you have to run and how, how precious every, every run is. Um, so I remember like getting back into running and it felt like, you know, when you, when you're out of shape or have an injury or whatever, and you get back and you, you start, you know, you're not there yet, but you appreciate the process. And so every run, I just felt like, man, it feels good to be able to do this again and to have that privilege. Um, but then also like, look at like, what else could I be doing for my body? And I got into yoga. My wife and I did yoga again, speaking of streaks, we did mm -hmm. a streak for a hundred days wow. of yoga together. Um, and then, um, I got into cooking and nutrition, reading books about nutrition and, um, actually about, um, you know, uh, pandemics and that sort of thing and, and, and what causes them and like, you know, the sort of environment, um, that, that we're in. Um, and so I, I was just like, okay, I, you know, I considered myself a healthy person because I ran a lot, but I'm like, I'm ignoring, you know, other, other things like the imbalances maybe in my body and, and yoga and flex, being flexible and, you know, strength training, um, and then nutrition. Um, and, and so, you know, the COVID thing, um, certainly, you know, wouldn't wish it on anybody. And, and it was, it was a, it was a tough experience for our whole family, especially my wife and kids. Um, but it did do this thing and hopefully this is true for others is like you you want to appreciate what you have um when you don't have it and you know in the grand scheme of things we had a pretty mild case mm -hmm. but enough to be disruptive um and then two like realize that like hey you know like open your eyes to what else you you could be doing when you have this ability to move your body um and that might be running and it might be other things that also complement running so it, it you know ultimately turned into a very um transformative experience um you know, um, even though it was, it was not fun at the time. Yeah. I, I talked to a few folks that have had it and, and I, you know, just like, I mean, what, what you can get from the news, like every, every case is different and, and, you know, it hits people different ways, but were you able to, once, once you'd gotten back into running a couple of weeks afterwards, like, did you notice any like long-term effects as far as running or otherwise, or, or, you know, like you said, mostly mild. So does that mean probably once it was good, you were good? Yeah, no, knock on wood, um, no long-term effects, Good. um, that I'm, that I'm aware of. Um, and, 
my the the biggest thing was just like the taste, the sense of taste. Mm-hmm. Like we lost sense and smell and taste, and it was it was actually the from what I can what I can tell, like it impacted my daughter the most. So she just didn't want to eat for a really long time, which was really hard. Um, and to this day, it's kind of hard to get her, to, you know, just on a routine for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing, yeah, because like you said, it really it really hits people differently. Um, and it, um, the like cardiovascular, I would say there was no, um, there was no long-term impact. I think the biggest thing was just the time off mm-hmm. of, of training and, and weakness. Like you have to build yourself back up. And I was certainly paranoid for a while where I would get off, um, off like a Peloton ride or, or, or workout and be like, why is my heart rate still up? Like, mm-hmm. shouldn't this be going down? And, um, and I think it was fine. I don't think it was related, but like it, the paranoia of, um, you know, like did this affect my heart? Um, and I was like, I think I just need to cool down better. <laughs> like it's just those <laughs> reminders of like, don't just get off a Peloton and expect your heart rate to go down immediately. Um, you know, make sure that you're, you're doing all those fundamentals. Um, so just a good reminder for, you know, for, for anyone at any time, but after COVID, it's probably a better reminder to be like, oh yeah, take care of yourself. You shouldn't just like stop cold. Yeah. So lots of, lots of good life lessons from it for sure. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully one of those things that, uh, None of us will have to live through again, but who knows? Yeah, One of those sure. future questions that there's no no way of knowing, but hopefully. Absolutely. So as we're as we're getting to that point of, of wrapping up today, Tim, we gotta gotta get you out with a philosophical question, which you kinda like you said, you kinda gave a philosophical answer for the first question. So we'll see what happens when we have an actual, you know, proper philosophical question of something that's, you know, uh open ended. We'll just take it wherever you want to go with it and uh and that's where we'll kinda wrap things up for today. But um just, just be curious, you know, at, at this, at this point in your life and, and maybe even tie maybe this make this a little more specific to you than I do sometimes with the, with the philosophical questions, but I, and, and maybe there's a reason to this and let me paint, paint, paint the picture a little bit better. I know a lot of folks that for them running is maybe not all about the races, but races are a big part of, of motivating mo- the motivation piece to keep getting out there, keep training. Cause there's a race on the horizon. Um, with you stepping back from, from marathons, for, for right now and for the potentially foreseeable future. Um, what is it still about running, whether it's the community, whether it's other races, whatever it is totally wide open, but what is it with, with taking the break from, from marathoning that still makes you want to be excited to get out there, get your miles in, keep training, keep running, keep doing all the things like what, what is it about running that, that, uh, gets you going at this point in your life? Yeah. I mean, so it's kind of funny because, you know, I said there's this big seasonal things in, in your life that impacts it, but I think there's also those micro seasons and like what's going on like right now. So be, you know, as we're recording this, it's the month of October and it is the perfect month for running in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Like, well, October is the best. Um, I'd say followed by May, you know, spring, those the early spring and, and late, you know, like early fall or, or mid fall or whatever are the two best. So like, honestly, just experiencing the stuff around you. And because right now I'm not doing a lot of running or almost any running, um, I miss it. You know, mm-hmm. I see it. I see the weather out there. I see the trees changing. I see the trails. And I'm like, man, do I want to run? And so what fills that gap for me right now is just bike rides, <laughs> you know, bike rides and walks. Right. If you can't run, bike or walk or move your body. And uh, so, you know, we live pretty close to some trails. And so I will bike on the trail, um, you know, walk the dogs on the trail, walk the dogs around and just, you know, know that I will be back someday, that there's a season for everything. And, mm-hmm. and um, it's a line I read years ago in Outside Magazine, never waste an injury. Um, so use your injury for perspective. Um mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, so 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 that's one thing. Like definitely the the sort of like you know just the 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 act of running itself and the beauty around you should should hopefully be able to motivate you. And then if you don't have it, that motivates you more because you realize that this is a good thing that you may have taken for granted. Um, and then the second thing, and I kind of said this before too, but the social part of it is is so fun. Like mm-hmm. that five k that um, that I did instead of the marathon, I was on a team of like about thirty people. Um, and, uh, I helped put that team together, um, and have built some real friendships from it. Um, and there was people who were running the marathon, but even more people were running the 5k and, and being able to like, you know, socialize with them ahead of time without being too nervous about my run or thinking too much about my run. Um, and then being able to socialize afterwards without, um, being incoherent and, uh, <laughs> throwing up, um, was, was certainly, um, was certainly a nice perk to it. So those two things is just like appreciating the beauty around you and the, the fact that you can move your body and then, um, the social aspect are the two things that motivate me. But, um, but beer also at the end is a good motivator. So tasting a beer at the end. So I'd, I'd add a third thing as well. There we go. Absolutely. And, and hopefully, you know, uh, the, the plantar fasciitis will calm down. You'll be able to get back out there and enjoy the running part of it. But you can, thankfully, again, you know, maybe it's a little bit of perspective as well, but you can still enjoy the environment, like you said, whether it's walking, riding the bike, whatever. And maybe you can still find some social time, especially if you get a couple of beers around, you can still get a little bit of that social thing as well. But, uh, absolutely. Tim, thanks for the, the time today. Once again, guys, on Instagram, on Twitter, same handle, both places, all one word, no underscores, no dashes, none of that stuff to, to confuse you. Just the beer runner all jumbled together on both Instagram and Twitter, disruns.com slash 992. As always, we'll have some things linked up there, social media handles, probably some of the, the medium articles and who knows what else. We'll, 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 there's always links. Ellen always does a great job finding, finding the links of things we talked about, throwing them in there. So check it out. Disruns.com slash 992. And Tim, uh, again, thank you for, for taking the time today. Glad we were able to chat. Uh, enjoy the next, the next phase of, of life with a new job heal up, get healthy, get out there and get some, some winter running in. I'll, I'll enjoy some winter running in Florida, which is not winter running at all, which is our, our good time of the year to run is, you know, that, totally. that two weeks between uh, Christmas and, and, you know, the middle of January, that's, that's the prime time right there. So we'll get it, get it for you. But uh, again, thanks for the time today and nothing but the best going forward, my friend. Thank you, Danny. This was really fun to talk to. And then thanks for the advice and the, uh, the calf stretches. I'm going to do them every day. Hold me to it. All right guys thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show hope you enjoyed the conversation between tim and myself and as per usual be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode what was your takeaway du jour du jour uh for me it was it was from a little bit later when we were talking about you know tim and and having covid and coming back from that and and the idea that you know health is is about more than just one or two things right and and i think that sometimes I get caught thinking that, um, you know, because I can run X, Y, Z or because I, I do this or don't do that or whatever that like I'm healthy and, and, and you know, prop, hopefully, hopefully I am, but I think it's easy for me to forget that there are, there are areas of my health, um, that I, that I either take for granted or that I definitely, and maybe part of it is taken for granted that I don't address as often as I could and as often as I should both physical health in terms of, you know, I mean, how many times shoot, I said it today, foam rolling, stretching, things like that, that I don't do very often. Um, you know, that would probably help sleeping. I know it's important. I try ish, but how many times do I sit around on the couch screwing around on my phone when I could go to bed 20, 30, 40 minutes earlier 
because I like there's literally not I've I've done nothing for the last thirty minutes and I'm fighting asleep. But you know I got to get this make this match or do this thing on my phone. Like no, just go to bed. So you know there's those types of things. Maybe there's some emotional health things, some spiritual health things, some relational health things that you know maybe aren't bad, but could be better. But I don't focus on as much. And so you know when Tim was talking about kind of having that realization when dealing with COVID. It just was like, oh yeah, like there's there's plenty of areas of my health that are that are okay, but I don't want my health to just be okay, right? Like I want I want my health to be as good as it can possibly be in every facet, and that doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by accident. So my takeaway today is to to try to worry a little bit more or, or give a little bit more attention and action. Maybe that's equally important to some of the areas of my health that I know that they need it, but I just don't. Just don't put in the effort, the action that uh, I could, and if I'm honest with myself, know that I should. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Uh, let me know. You know the places, but in case you don't, I'll remind you, at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. You can also send an email to DizRuns at gmail.com, and you can also also head over to the show notes for today, DizRuns.com slash 992. DizRuns.com slash 992. All the all the photos, well, all the photos, a couple of photos, all the links, all the things, and including that comment section down at the bottom. You can scroll on down and leave your thoughts, feedbacks, takeaways from today's episode down there. And uh, looking forward to, to what you have to say. Looking forward to your thoughts, your takeaways from today's episode, if you're willing to share. One last time before we wrap this one up officially, don't forget, if you need some socks... Features has got you covered, and uh, I wish I'm still working on getting a, a discount code. Still don't have one of those, but I do have that affiliate link. If you're if you're in the market, gonna order yourself some socks, maybe order them for uh, your, your favorite runners on your on your holiday list, your favorite running podcasters on your holiday list, whatever the case might be. Dizruns.com/slash/features. That's F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S. Dizruns.com/slash/features. Load up the cart, send them out, get them for yourself, whatever the case might be. Send a few shekels into the coffers at the same time at no additional cost for you using the link disruns.com slash features. And now, without any further ado, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks once again for your time and your attention. Thanks for taking me with you wherever it was that we went today. And until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.